It's official. Real Ghost Stories Online and the Grave Talks will be live at the Crescent Hotel for one night only, August 11th, 2019 at 7 p.m. And you are invited. I'm Tony Bruski from Real Ghost Stories Online, and I can't wait to meet you at the Crescent Hotel this August 11th for an awesome night of ghost stories. We're going to have a lot of fun at the Crescent Hotel that night as we record an episode of Real Ghost Stories Online live. The stories on this episode come from you guys, the audience, live at the Crescent. Then it's a live episode of The Grave Talks as we talk with Crescent historian and paranormal investigator Keith Scales. We'll learn all about the history of the hotel, how it came to be, why it's haunted today, what goes on at the Haunted Crescent Hotel, and allow you guys to ask your questions as well with a live Q&A segment. It's a fun night full of ghost stories at the historic Haunted Crescent Hotel, a hotel that we've had many stories from shared about over the years here on the show. Tickets are only $25 a piece and are on sale now. Go to realghoststoriesonline.com and click on the Live at the Crescent Hotel banner to purchase yours. They are very limited, though, and when they are gone, they are gone. Real Ghost Stories Online and the Grave Talks live at the Crescent Hotel in Eureka Springs, Arkansas, August 11th, 2019. Get your tickets now at realghoststoriesonline.com. Today on Real Ghost Stories Online, a visit to a local cemetery proves to some friends that the dead are still very much alive. What are the floating balls of light outside of a woman's bedroom window? And what is the source of mysterious meowing? Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802. Or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown, and quite possibly, the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. Yes, it is. 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. Call it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can uh, write in your story on our website, realghoststoriesonline.com. Just click, tell us your ghost story, and tell us your ghost story. Pretty self-explanatory there. And if you really like the show, keep us on the air. Become an extra podcast person. Sign up for that at ghostpodcast.com or through patreon.com slash realghoststories. There you'll have access to our bonus episodes that are for EPP members only. Once a week, brand new one of those comes out. It's exclusive for you guys. Uh, All their exclusive content as well, including a free e-copy of our book, advanced opportunities to get tickets to stuff, advanced episodes of the show before they go to anybody else. Lots of perks for five bucks a month and that's what really supports the show more than anything else and keeps it on the air uh, uh ghostpodcast.com patreon.com slash real ghost stories to be a part of that tony and jenny bruski joining you once again hi hi how are you i'm doing well and yourself i'm good good uh so we're gonna go to a haunted hotel uh that uh it should be exciting yeah <laughs> you sound thrilled i'm i'm gonna go with you uh-huh yep that's about all I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, you're looking forward to the event. Yeah, for sure. I, yeah. I can't wait to meet some of our listeners and to do the show live. Yeah. But staying the night's what scares me. Yeah. 
Because <laughs> we actually uh, we actually have had something happen at the Crescent Hotel to, to us. Mm-hmm. It was a scarring experience. It was not scarring. It was not a big deal, but it did happen. It did happen. Credit card been flying across the room, and I, I've mentioned that before. Yeah. Um, there's uh, it, It's an interesting place. Carol, uh, on the episode uh, the other day, shared with me she had an experience there once. Yeah. Uh, she was right in front of the uh, the building, and her, her radio... The volume just started turning down on it. Now, the knob itself was not physically turning, mm-hmm. but, you know, like where it just says, like, you know, volume 78 or whatever, then it kind of goes down if you turn it down and goes up if you turn it up. Mm-hmm. That's what happened. It went it slowly went down as she was in front of the building just looking at it. And then as she went and parked, it went back up. Weird. It's almost like something was like, look at the building. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, so, that, so that's all that's ever happened to her there, but uh, it's something, you mm-hmm. know? It's just... It's kind of one of those places you kind of go to and go, oh, I'll get something. It's like it's like you the souvenir. <laughs> a souvenir. You get a souvenir haunting experience. It's not going to follow you back and, and cause you nightmares for the rest of your life or torment you. But it'll be like, hey, look at our parlor tricks. I don't know. Yeah. I've never heard it. I mean, it's interesting when I talk to the guy who runs the um, the the tours. Um, he's a resident historian there and the, the ghost investigator. He said this never had anything you know, dark. It's Mm -hmm. always just been very much people, Mm -hmm. you know, they're just kind of there, um, that, that seem to enjoy being there. Like there's a reason why they are, are there. Um, an interesting thing. I told you about this the other day, about what they found in bottles behind the, uh, which to me just sounds really gross. And I talked about this the other day with Carol of the, um, in case you're just uh, tuning in the, they found a bunch of bottles behind the, the hotel and they, they determined that they were part of when it was like the medical facility of the guy who's claimed to have this miracle cure for cancer in the bottles uh, were cancer specimens mm-hmm. that he cut off of people and sealed in these bottles and also some of his cure in some of the bottles too. They thought they were all shipped away to a dump far away, but nope, they were just in the back. <laughs> <laughs> Incidentally, you can request those as water bottles with your dinner. And no, I'm kidding. Do you think that has anything to do with the hauntings? I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm wondering, and I, I this going to be a good question for uh, for Keith, who's going to be doing the episode of the Grave Talks with us that night. Is you know has this stirred anything up? Mm-hmm. I, if 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 it has, I would say certainly, because essentially you have parts of people that yeah were in these bottles. Um, not that I think many people are going to like say, oh, I'm going to hang around the bottle that has my cancer in it, you know, mm-hmm. but. It's it's one of those things that's just like, you know, it's it's flesh. Yeah, that's that's there. So I don't know. I mean, I think there's a lot of things that uh, contribute to that building. I don't think it's any one thing. Um, I mean, a lot of people went there thinking they were going to get cured and ended up dying. Not necessarily on property. There's a lot of people who went there. They they thought they were getting their cure because it's one of those places where you go to and and you get your cure. Then you go home. Uh-huh. So they can't like hold you on site and be like, everyone's dying here. Certainly some people died there. Yeah. But it wasn't like, we're going to keep everyone here until they expire. Mm-hmm. It was more like, cure, okay, go, relax at home, and then you die yeah. after you get your 7-Up cure. So, <laughs> or Dr. Pepper, or whatever, who knows what it was. Um, that'd be, it'd be interesting to know if anyone has the, um, the recipe mm-hmm. of what the hell the cure was. And if you can carbonate it and make it into like a like the official drink of the hotel. That's <laughs> gross. Go there and get it served on ice. 
That's really gross. <laughs> God knows what the hell's in it. Probably some of the spring water. Yeah, probably. No. So anyway, if you want to go see us uh, August 11th, uh, we're telling you right now because uh, tickets are on sale. RealGhostStoriesOnline.com uh, through Eventbrite. Uh, there's a limited amount, 100 tickets total. Uh, as of us recording this, uh, chunks of them have already been sold. and They've only been on sale for one day. So um, as of us announcer you know doing recording this episode by the time this airs it'll been on sale for a couple weeks but uh, likely to sell out so if you want in on that get your tickets uh as soon as you can and then we'll see you august 11th at the crescent hotel it'll be a fun night we'll do a live episode of real ghost stories online where you guys in the audience share your ghost stories and we'll chat about them uh q a and then the grave talks we'll do an episode of that uh live with keith talking about the crescent the history everything that's going on with the hotel has gone on with the hotel is currently going on with it um it'll be fun so check it out and the crescent does have some uh, room specials uh the night of the show if you're interested in staying there just uh, call the hotel and then uh, tell them you want the real ghost stories online uh special rate for that night and they can tell you what uh, what is available but uh, tickets at realghoststoriesonline.com let's go over to our first story of the day it says hey tony and jenny have a pretty upsetting story to share i live in santa fe new mexico where we have had many haunted buildings one day in 2000 a group of friends and i decided to go ghost hunting we started the day at the haunted nursing home which was previously a hospital we had a few occurrences there mostly getting stuck in an abandoned part of the building and hearing a cough i guess we're looking for more because we decided to get a ouija board and go to a local cemetery we started to play with it, and I can't remember what it was spelling, but at one point, a person in the group began to taunt it. Shortly after, his hands began to burn visibly, and he stayed. They, they stated they were starting to burn so bad that he was scared. He ran away and didn't return. At this point, my best friend at the time came to pick up her boyfriend. Now, this is where it got quite weird. She started yelling at him to go and wouldn't get out of the car. We tried to tell her to get down and hang out. He went... She started to scream and kick hysterically. We were all confused because she had not been with us previously and couldn't figure out why she was so scared. Plus, she was usually a very calm person. She was so hysterical that he finally agreed to leave. We just thought maybe the cemetery scared her. But a week or two later, we were all attending a concert about an hour or so out of town. On the way home, my friend unfortunately wrecked her car and was killed. Her parents ended up burying her in that same cemetery. Over the years, two more friends were also buried there, including one right next to her. I had a dream a few months later, and I knew in the dream that she was dead. I asked her what happens when you die, and her response was, You know, when the moon goes down, you go down with the moon. This was scary to me because she died at night. I also want to mention that I currently work at the petitionary in Santa Fe, which was a location of one of the deadliest prison riots in the U.S. And the penitentiary is what it's supposed to say, but... I think Spellcheck had fun with that one. Petitionary. Like, what is a petitionary? Penitentiary! Um, one of the deadliest prison riots in the U.S. One time, the radio turned on by itself. Another time, I heard someone yelling, Ma'am? But when I went to talk, nobody was there. Thanks for listening to my story. Do you think the accident she had had anything to do with how freaked out the friend got not not the author but mm -hmm. the friend that that died in the car accident like she kind of felt like some sort of impending something by going into the cemetery like yeah. just just don't go in like there was a vo that inner voice like stay out mm -hmm. i would think it could be very easily connected yeah 
you know, it, it, you know, to to suddenly have that sort of a reaction if that's not something that you normally get. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's an instinctual thing, and, and to be that strong about it, um, you know, it makes you wonder, like, did something connect to her, or, mm-hmm. or you know, attach itself uh, while there, and it had something to do with the death? It, you know, it's impossible to say. It, it's, you know, it's, it's interesting that then she was buried in that same cemetery. Yeah, yeah, that, I almost wonder if there was, like, some sort of premonition. Like, that... That she was going to be there soon, mm-hmm. like she almost knew her death was coming. Maybe, and maybe it had nothing necessarily attached to her, but she just kind of. Mm-hmm. She just knew. Don't arrive early to the party. It's like <laughs> yeah. you're going to be here soon enough. Mm-hmm. Let's not go to the party so soon. I don't know. I could totally see it being, uh, being that. It's funny. Um, I, I know. I say I don't know a lot on this show mm-hmm. because I don't know. Sure. And I know sometimes people will comment like, "You always say I don't know." Well, that's true. Mm-hmm. Because that that that's no matter how many stories we get, um, no matter how many experiences we we talk about, I have more questions than I have answers. And I think anyone who listens to a ghost story and then says I know and has the answer doesn't know complete bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> and that's just I think being honest um, when when you have that sort of thing because there are just so many variables. To it. it is kind of a crutch, though, that I say I don't know a lot. I, I realize that. But it is the honest-to-God truth. It's, I, I don't have the answers. Um, it's one of those things I, I kind of scorn where it's um, like when, when people come to you and go, oh, you're an expert on this. No. No. Not so much. Like, I'm, a, I'm experienced mm-hmm. in it. But being experienced in something and being, uh, it is kind of a derivative of the same word, but being an expert, I think, means you know the answers. And nobody really does. No, that's that's the thing. That's what makes the show interesting is it's it's collective experiences that then we're able to kind of pull from, kind of share that other people have had similar things happen and then let you do what you will with with that information uh, and and take it as you will and apply it to your own uh, experiences. That's that's what we do here on uh, on Real Ghost Stories Online. If you're new to the program, that's uh, that's the gist of the show. So if you want to share your ghost story with us, write in realghoststoriesonline.com. You can always call your story in 24 hours a day, seven days a week, toll free, 855-853-4802 is a number to share your story with us. Let's go to our next letter. It says, here's my story. Between the ages of 14 and 16, I lived in this house that my mother was renting. It had four bedrooms upstairs and one bedroom rec room in the basement. It was only myself and my younger brother, so the way uh, was uh, it was way bigger than we actually needed. My brother and I never really liked the basement because it just felt weird. It was like the basement had a lot of negative energy in it, for lack of a better word. One night I woke up from sleeping and noticed a faint blue glow coming from underneath my bedroom closet. I just laid there staring at it until I fell back asleep. The next night I woke up and sitting on the corner of my bed was a lady brushing a young girl's hair, like a mother and daughter type. The mother looked at me and smiled, and then the two of them just vanished. After that, I changed bedrooms. My new bedroom was quiet without any ghosts or paranormal stuff for quite some time, and this is the part that makes me sound crazy. So one night I wake up and get this weird feeling to look out my bedroom window. I look out the window, and I see three or four different colored floating orbs. At the same time, I get this feeling that these orbs want me to open my window and let them in the house, which I didn't do. 
fast forward maybe a month or two. It's during the early morning and my mom tells me to get my little brother out of bed for school. He was only two years younger than me. I go upstairs, open the door to his room, assuming I need to wake him up. And there is my brother sitting up in bed with this terrified look on his face. I'm looking at him like, why does he look so scared? That's when I noticed his bed was floating an inch off the floor. So the bed slams down on the floor. He gets ready for school. We both go to school. He's never spoken about it since, and he's 35 now. Shortly after that, I mentioned to my mom that I think the house is haunted, and I may have seen a ghost. Her reply is, oh, yeah. So what did she look like? To this day, I have no idea about the history of the house or the land it was built on. It was in this little town in British Columbia. P.S. If you're going to use the story, please contact me so I know when to tune in. Okay, Ernest, I'll do my best to uh, to let you know uh, that uh, we shared your story. I think that's the first time that I've heard of orbs kind of, I guess, telepathically giving an uh, instruction. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting because I, you, you know, I think orbs can be good or bad. I just wouldn't take the chance to let anything in, even if I think it's a good orb. I think it's just it's like any other form of of paranormal thing that you that you can physically see just like shadow people they can be good they can be bad I think orbs can be a representation of, of anything and it could be good or bad too and you're exactly right you just don't know yeah we had um, uh, just in an EPP episode I was recording earlier today I believe EPP 246 I think is what it's in um, there was a story of a uh, a young lady. I'm trying to think of the whole storyline, uh, but it was about protective spirits. And she was out, I believe, doing a paper route. She was reflecting back on childhood and it, what it was almost imaginary friend like type com about. And she had these two protective spirits that she saw, talked to. They interact with one another. Really interesting take on imaginary friend or protective spirit. And uh, she said that this one uh, one was a gentleman. Uh, who was helping her and following her. Um, and uh, she was out doing a paper route and she was kind of being followed by a car as a teenager. And the the gentleman spirit that followed her and, and helped her and guided her um, noticed this car and went over to it, turned into an orb, went through the window of the car, and she was a little bit down the block delivering papers and watched as the man in the car just like started to freak out and she couldn't tell why she didn't like see another person sitting in the car. It's just this person who had been slowly lurking around suddenly got spooked by something mm -hmm. and she doesn't know why, you know what it did, but it did something, but she did see it basically materialize into this ball, go through the window, freak out the guy and he got out of there and then, uh, you know, came back as the spirit a little bit later <laughs> or the guide. Uh -huh. So, Kind of a way that the orb, like you talked about, just, you know, transformed into something. Wow. Something we don't talk about much happening, but I just had a story of it like an hour ago. That's a neat story. Yeah. I like that one. It's told really, really well and, and very, in a really interesting way. It, it's very much, um, it is almost written like a, um, I want to say like fiction, like a fictional book, the mm -hmm. way that it was told, but it is an account of someone's uh, life. Uh, and and their experiences very much quotations and conversations going, um, you know, kind of like how you write a story. 
Okay. You know, so it's it's a good uh, good story. That is an EPP 246, if you'd like to hear it. And as of the time of this airing, I'm not sure if that's this week's episode or in last week's episode. I don't know. It's around here. So look for EPP 246 when it comes out, or maybe it already has. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Ghost Podcast is our website to get all the EPP content like I was just talking about. Uh, or uh, Patreon, another way to become an EPP. Two options for you decide which one you like better directly through our website or patreon.com and a lot of folks love patreon and use that so we offer all the content there as well uh, patreon.com slash real ghost stories to get in on that uh next story it says i had one of the strangest experiences a few months ago around the end of summer it was my typical routine when you're having trouble sleeping to drop by the gym i live near one a few blocks away so instead of wasting gas just walked there. I thought I'd heard the sound of a baby crying, but just continued on my way. Ran to burn off some calories on the treadmill, then headed back home. This is when I heard the same sound again, where I previously was, and it was a cat meowing. So I tried to find it. Typically, with stray cats, they're more mobile. They don't cry. They're more likely to beg for food and look around, while a house cat would generally find a hiding spot because they're not used to being outside. I tried looking through the bushes, but... I heard the crying from under a parked car, so I tried finding it. There's nothing. Just silence. Just thought it might be a good idea to at least leave some food for the cat because the earlier meowing sound made me think it was crying and not actually in pain or anything. Only place open was a 7-Eleven, so I picked up a can of tuna and some milk. The worker gave me a paper plate to pour the milk into it as well. I tried to look around and tried talking nicely to it to see if I could lure the cat out. I didn't hear anything, but my guess was the cat might be close to their home. I left the food in a safe spot near where I heard the meowing and thought the cat might eventually come out. I thought it was better than nothing. I'd give the cat more energy to survive the night until the owners might find it. I ended up going home and worried about the next morning before I went to work. Walked back, noticed the milk and tuna were gone. May have been missing that night, so I went to work hoping for the best. And maybe the owners would have flyers up by the time I got back. There was nothing. Still no more meowing or any flyers. Somebody also managed to throw the paper plate away, but I was still wondering where the cat actually went. I decided to ask the maintenance workers if they knew anything about it, but they didn't have a clue. I feared that someone might find a dead cat, but nothing like that was reported. No animal control in the neighborhood. I was worried, so I decided to take a bowl from home and leave a can of tuna near the spot again, just in case there was a chance the cat was still there. That night, I decided to check back to see if the food was eaten, which it was, but you never know if other animals found it or any other possibilities. So I decided to leave some fresh water there as well, still hoping for the best. I was aware anything bad could have happened. Didn't want to get my hopes up, but after a few days, I assumed the cat found its way home, or maybe it didn't. It wasn't until about a month after giving up when I noticed a little kitten in a window near the same spot. I left the food. So I decided to knock on the door to ask if they knew anything. They told me that their friend's cat had some kittens. They've been trying to find them homes, which I declined because the apartments I live in charge way too much for pets, like $400. But I also asked if any of their cats were missing because I heard one outside. It may have actually been over a month when that happened. It wasn't the case. Those kittens were roughly five weeks old, and only the kittens were ever in that house. The mother cat was never at the house, but the owner did live there before with her family. No reported missing pets. Nothing that would make sense the whole situation other than them owning cats. Remember, it must have been a full-grown cat. Kittens have a higher pitch, and those sounded nothing like what I heard. Then they told me the owner of the mother cat gave away the kittens because one of her cats died. The 
The father cat was the owner's pet since high school, and they found it dead in their garage. They said it was likely because the garage had all the doors shut and that they had a button on their keychain that started the car remotely, and the cat likely died from exhaust fumes. It was an accident. They mentioned the owner through their, that, that their cat died of old age, but it uh, wandered into the garage. It bugs me that I never got the chance to see the cat and only heard it to confirm if it looked similar. I met the owner of the mother cat, whom I avoided bringing up the garage incident, and she lived about an hour away, but used to live there. She did mention how her cat was about 18 years old, and how it was the first litter of kittens that he'd had, which isn't common with older pets. She mentioned he was looking at them very funny, while the mother cat would hiss if he got near her. So while the kittens were still feeding with the mother, she had to confront the other cat, and he was still attempting to go near them. It made me wonder, since I heard that loud meowing, which was similar to the baby crying underneath a car, if somehow he was trying to see his babies one last time. Thanks for reading the story. It's not a happy story, but it was pretty strange. It's been months since I heard that meowing. No reports of missing cats or meowing since that night, so I think it may have been something else. I'm not sure. Was it paranormal? So they're thinking that this was the daddy cat coming mm-hmm. to see the babies. Could be. Could be. I mean... Cats are pretty elusive. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, they can get in some crazy places. Where's the craziest place one of your cats ever got into? There's times, uh, well, when I was a kid, um, I'll say this one. Um, Murphy, the cat that hated me, the day we got the cat, uh, get it home. It was a farm cat, you know, picked it up from a a classified ad. Mm -hmm. For those of you, that's Craigslist prior to. It's paper Craigslist. Paper Craigslist. <laughs> um, and uh, got the cat and got it home. And in our basement, uh, in the laundry room, they they would use it for storage back then. And it was just like a whole just wall of boxes, mm-hmm. just boxes, storage, chests. And it was stacked like pretty tight, like a pyramid, almost, you know, going up to the ceiling, just tight boxes. Wall to wall. Somehow, the cat found a way to like finagle its way between like these tiny little cracks in the boxes uh, or between the boxes and made its way all the way to the back wall. So we get home. We lose the cat within five minutes. <laughs> and and then my mom has to literally, you know, take this all these boxes down off the wall to get back to the cat that's just hiding, you know, in the little crevice between the wall and the, the boxes in the very back, you know, row. And he's, you know, it, it takes a long time to kind of stack all of that. Sure. It was like Tetris with boxes. Yeah. And and the cat was back there. But somehow it's like, how did you even fit back there? It just slithered its way. It's amazing how they can contort their bodies. Well, don't you think the cat would have come out eventually? You would think. When it got hungry or it's, needed to potty? I, I, I Yeah. Okay. But you're injecting logic into my childhood. <laughs> and that's something that well, doesn't exist much. I had my favorite cat, Chloe. One time, um, this was before you, we had a, we had to take the front off of one of those jetted bathtubs and do some repairs to it. Yeah. Well, the cat went up under there, which is okay, except for this was on the second floor. Well, she fell in between the sheetrock downstairs like in a wall yes literally my cat fell into a wall 
I couldn't find her, couldn't find her, and I kept hearing her in the basement. And then I finally figured out she was behind the wall. So we had to cut a hole and get my poor cat out. How did you determine where she was? Did you like... I could hear her. Yeah. But every time I went to the basement to find her, I I kept going to this closet. And I was like, she's not in this closet. And then I, I figured out she's behind the wall. Yeah. Because that front of that bathtub is open. So she must have fallen down in there. How many holes did you have to cut? One. So you, were, you got it the... That's like, you know, finding a stud. Yeah. No, we, we were really lucky because, yeah, they could have been like whole, 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 finally cat, yeah. you know, but um, we made sure to cut it high enough that we, if she was stuck, stuck, mm-hmm. that we didn't like cut the cat, but. Sure. Fun. That was fun. I suppose you could like find it, you know, you, you know how you find studs now. I mean, what, you have your stud finder, but then to make sure you found the stud, you poke like a something through. I suppose. <laughs> yeah. I mean, eventually, <laughs> yeah, you just kind of keep going until you're like, oh, there it is. <laughs> no, we just lucked out. We kind of narrowed down where she was. Although on the new stud finders, have you seen this? You uh-uh. know, there's, you know, because it shows you where, you know, you, you run it against the wall and it shows you where the, you know, it gives a little mm-hmm. screen and like, okay, there's the wood. And sometimes it just used to be like it would give you a light. Now it, uh, the the next version had uh, it would like literally show you like kind of the diameter of the wood. Sure, like, it oh. tells you when you're on center. Yeah, and there's a new one where it's it's even a better display, and it will show you like the display of what's behind it, like a cat. So then you'll see you could see like this little tail and ears. Are you for real? <laughs> Completely bullshit. I know. But I'm wondering if a <laughs> a stud finder would find a cat. I'm wondering if uh, actually uh, if it would be about as accurate as a fish finder, um, you know, yeah, right. <laughs> what are the depth finders, um, you uh-huh. know, because those I, I remember my dad had one of those as a kid. This is probably you know, they were fairly new at the time. Um, so it's like 89 mm-hmm. and he had one and the display was a glorified calculator. It's uh, like pixels giant pixels I know. yeah and i mean and then you'd you'd be on the lake and then it would show you like your depth and then it would have like these little pixelated fish like picture worse than game boy picture atari fish mm-hmm. uh where it's like seven pixels makes up the fish tetris fish tetris fish that's <laughs> <laughs> what it looked like and he's like we have these fish right here and it's like how come you never catch those fish that this depth finder that looks like tetris fish are apparently finding um, I, they're much more detailed. I've, sure. I, I remember I used to like look at those at the, the store because it was like this amazing little computer display. Um, I, I'm curious. I don't, I mean, I don't fish, uh, but I'm curious as to like how accurate they are today. I don't know. Do they, you know, do they really show you how accurate, you know, like sonar version of the fish? Is it like, Oh, like you can identify the type of fish you're seeing. Um, anyway, that's kind of what I'm wondering is like, could you do that to a, a stud finder and almost do the same sort of thing as I described of like, oh, there's an outline of a cat showing up behind the wall. Just, I think the moral of the story is try and keep your cats out of your walls. Or use a depth finder behind your wall. No. Like, why does it look like a, the outline of a person? Ew. There, that, that'd be a fun one to find. It's creepy. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number. At Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. I was going to say, I think our cat literally does David Copperfield type shit. Uh, 
and just like vanishes like the Statue of Liberty. Mm, yeah, because does. <laughs> our cat lives because I, I have cat allergies. So um, the the cat either lives on the porch or in the garage, depending on how warm it is. And we don't have the cars in the garage. So it's it's free reign. It's a giant mm-hmm. room for the cat. And uh, but sometimes I'll go out there and a lot of times they'll come over and give me a kitty hug. The cat literally gives hugs. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, sometimes I'll go out there. It's like, where is the cat? <laughs> and I have no idea. Like I will search like every random hiding spot and I cannot find the cat. Won't hear a noise. Won't hear anything. So either he's disappearing or he's found a hole somewhere and he goes out and has fun with friends and crashes on their couch at night and then comes back and I just walk in there. He hates the outdoors. Yeah, so does. even if he could get out, he wouldn't. He sits at the door and balls. He yeah. hates that. He does not like outside. So I don't know, but it's amazing how sometimes that they that's how elusive they can mm-hmm. be. So anyhow. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our number. Next letter says, as long as I can remember, I was confronted with ghosts and spirits and not the nice kind. I had a fearful childhood because of them or it. It took me a while before I ever spoke of my experiences to anyone. I was afraid people would think I was weird or crazy. So I tried to live with it. I was acting as if nothing was going on. I was keeping very silent. I first came out with it to my sister in my early 20s. The best thing ever because she told me she had the same sort of experiences in our home. To a way lesser extent than I, but still, she could, for example, point out the same main hot spot in our house. That was a great relief to her and me as well. I remember we toasted with a nice glass of wine to celebrate the discovery that we were not crazy. To this day, the people who know my story can still be counted on one hand. I'm at ease telling you my tale because it is anonymous. I'm still looking for specific answers, and I hope to get more insight by hearing what you guys have to say. The location of my story is the home I grew up in. It was not an old house. We were the second family to inhabit it, and it was only six years old when we moved in. I was just a toddler. Unfortunately, we were not the only inhabitants. How or why they or it came to be in our house, I do not know, only that it was there. Sometimes it was very active, sometimes weeks things would quiet down. I never knew when it would start up again. Most of the time it would start with the air being thick and heavy like a mist, but I could see clearly. I felt like I could take the air in my hands and the room would get dark. Normally, I would take a run for it, but there were many situations, for example, when I was young and too scared to go away or in case the exit door was obstructed. I stayed. The air would become thicker, especially in the middle and would then sort of burst with me pressing against the wall. Other things would happen too, both day and night, for example, footsteps, a certain door that would open and close with the doorknob going up and down, knocks, crazy violent dreams, shadows, sometimes moving very close to me, lights going on and off. Once I was kicked out of my body, I was around eight and saw myself acting crazy from above while the dog was squealing in the corner. When I came back, he immediately came to lick me as if to welcome my return. During all these years, I prayed so much, but it didn't help. I felt completely abandoned. Useful to add to the story is that I only experienced these things in my home. On camping trips, vacation trips, staying over at friends and family's house, when I started to live on campus, I never experienced anything. When my parents moved out of the house in 1998, I never experienced anything like it again. And when others were around and not sleeping, nothing would happen as well. Only when I or my sister were alone. One night, I was 16 at the time, I woke up and found someone or something was with me. 
I felt very threatening. And no, no sleep paralysis was going on. I just felt very scared. When I was alone again, I just broke down. I was shaking from head to toe, feeling so utterly desperate that I just asked out loud, can something or someone please come to help me? I didn't sleep for the rest of the night. The next night, when I finally fell asleep, and that took a while, a woman came into my dream. The only part of her I saw was her lower arms and her hands. She had very slender hands with long fingers, and they were very pale. Her wrists were thin as well. The rest of her lower arms were covered by her sleeves, sleeves that were bound around her wrists with, as it seemed, a piece of ribbon or elastics. The rest of her, I never got a clear picture. It was all blurry. Her body was covered in a sort of whitish, grayish, dark dress. She had half-long, dark black hair. I never saw her face nor heard her voice or noises coming for her. I was not afraid of her, strangely enough. I also just knew that she had come because of my call. She showed me with her hand techniques on how to protect myself. It was a strange combination of her showing me in my mind, knowing as if the knowledge just popped in my mind. She only appeared to me twice. I never saw her again. That was enough. With the things she taught me, I was able to cleanse my room. How much that meant to me. Undisturbed sleep, easy dreams. I could manage to create some wall around me so the rest of the house could no longer come close to me. Is not my, in that, my life changed for the better. It was happy times. I'm very grateful for her help. But, and there's always a but, I was always curious about who she was. And so when the internet came, still remember a time when it did not exist, I started surfing to see if I could find anything about such a person and about the things she taught me, about the latter. I ended up in a witchcraft world of things, and I started reading up about it, and it felt familiar, although not completely. I ended up doing some spells myself, mind you, only on myself, like curing myself of a broken heart, and it worked extremely well. It was amazing, but freaked me out as well. I had a decent Catholic upbringing, and it started to get to me. I was wondering if I was just about to open my own Pandora's box, so I let it rest. It still pulls me in immensely and feels like I deny part of myself, but I have almost two kids now. One two-year-old and one on the way, and my top priority is to keep a home clean and not run the risk of getting something in my home that will jeopardize their safety. I want them to have a safe and happy childhood. Besides, I greatly value the peace that I have right now as well. I also suffered to find out who she was, but I couldn't find anything useful. Anything similar to her appearance is mostly about sadness, misery, death, and doom. I'm very happy that I got the answers that I did, that I can now live in peace. It's great that when they left that house, things calmed down, but I, I can understand that longing to know what that spirit was that helped her. Mm-hmm. But I would think it might be best to leave it alone. Yeah, I mean, it seems like she kind of found her happy spot. Yeah. And she's kind of torn where like she's there, but still curious. Mm-hmm. I get that. But the curiosity, though, she's aware, and that's good, that you keep digging and digging, you could open up another door. Yeah. And you don't know what's going to come through that. I would just be grateful for, you know, how it helped you during that time, but then just let it go. Yeah. Should we? No, we're not going to sing anything. Let it go. No. Together. We're not going to sing that. You want to be on our Elsa? No. (laughs) (laughs) No. I always kind of felt a little inner, inner Elsa. I don't know. I just... For you or for me? <laughs> just, me. I'm just, I always kind of felt, I really related to her spirit. <laughs> Things yeah. you should never have to hear your husband say. Yeah. There you go. 
Okay. How does it start? No, it doesn't. <laughs> I don't even know. I just know the chorus. Thank God. I've, I think I've kind of blocked that song out of my memory. Oh, just wait. There's a second one coming. I can hardly freaking wait. All right. That wraps up uh, Real Ghost Stories Online for today. Uh, live dates, August 11th, our show in Eureka Springs at the Haunted Crescent Hotel. Get your tickets, realghoststoriesonline.com. If you like the show, become an EPP extra podcast person at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Until next time, for Jenny, I'm Tony. Thanks for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. It's the game everyone's talking about. Shim Sham, a laugh-out-loud adventure for you and your... Cockroaches. Part board game, part dance-off, Shim Sham is loads of fun for... Cockroaches. ...of all ages. Just spin the wheel, strike your pose, and get ready for a... Scurrying cockroach. Don't let roaches ruin the moment. Orkin, home is where the bugs aren't. Visit orkin.com to learn more. The Samson Barbecue Grill is the official grill of backyard fun for you and your mosquitoes. Whether you're grilling for one or feeding the whole brood of mosquitoes, our durable and portable grills are perfect for patios, backyards, and engorged mosquitoes. Don't let mosquitoes ruin the moment. Orkin, home is where the bugs aren't. Visit orkin.com to learn more. <laughs>